Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Activist Podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the incredibly divine and intuitive Shira Danielle. Shira is an educator, a holistic life coach, spiritual advisor, community organizer, and healer whose work focuses on the intersections of spirituality, social justice, creative expression, and elemental medicine. She spent time living and studying in monasteries in India, Nepal, and China, and has also worked closely with indigenous communities to deepen her dedication to the protection of Mother Earth and all of our relations. Her big work in the world is to create transformational experiences for people to become more empowered and authentic versions of themselves. And when I think of Shira, I think of pure intuitive power. Shira is somebody who's so deeply connected, not only to our human collective, but also Mother Earth, Mother Gaia, in service of finding ways forward for us all to heal energetically, physically, spiritually, mentally, all of the things. Shira is also a divine channel and spends some time with us channeling messages from beyond and helping us to really understand what it means to wade through all of the things that make us who we are, including our trauma, our family of origins, our original caretakers, and how that all works in service of our healing. It's such an amazing episode, and I cannot wait for you all to hear from Shira Danielle. So you know the drill. Grab your cozy spot, a cozy blanket, your cup of tea, and join me for this wonderfully divine conversation with my good friend, Shira Danielle. Oh, Shira. Good afternoon. Good good day. It's it's morning here. It's afternoon there. And welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on this podcast. This is I love listening to your podcast. I pull so many quotes and nuggets uh, for my classes and clients from your podcast. And I'm always recommending it for folks. So such an honor. Oh my gosh. Well, you're going to make me blush. Thank you. (laughs) I, I love the podcast too, for different reasons. It's just fun. (laughs) Oh, how are you today, dear one? How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good today. I'm feeling grounded. Um, It's a beautiful day here. I'm um, in Philadelphia and the spring is in full bloom here. So I'm really appreciating the sun and going to spend the day building our second garden bed and planting a bunch of seeds. So, and my husband's not working, so it's a good day. Oh my goodness. That sounds so magical. Uh, Before we dive in, and again, this process is just, we channel questions on the podcast, so we'll see where we go. But the first question I always ask is, who are you? (laughs) What is your big work in the world? And how do you source from your intuition to do that work? That's a big question for sure. Who am I? I can speak to who I am in this moment. I have been kind of really um, encapsulated by this quote I read recently that read something along the lines of to love someone 
is to attend a thousand funerals of the person they used to be. And I've been applying that to myself and thinking about how to love myself is to attend a thousand funerals or a thousand celebrations, right? It doesn't always have to be a grieving experience. We can also celebrate the versions of ourselves that we used to be as well. But I've just been thinking about that and how I am just an ever evolving being on this rock that's moving very fast on this, <laughs> in this universe. Right. But not to take it so, you know, out there, I would say that I am, I'm a teacher and a facilitator, a spiritual guide. I'm a wife and a mother and a daughter. I'm an earth tender and I like to think of myself as an elemental goddess. I, I really use the elements to channel wisdom and to understand power and purpose here on this earth. And my work here, my big work here is to create sacred and safe containers for folks to understand their purpose and to feel the most empowered versions of themselves. And so I do that, whether that's in group facilitations, through retreats and programs, or that's one-on-one -on -one sessions through holistic life coaching or oracle card readings or hands-on energy work, um, aromatherapy, massage. I'm also um, right now in the process of becoming a doula. Um, I've always kind of seen myself as a doula, somebody who helps folks birth whatever it is into creation. But now I'm stepping more into the birth world of uh, helping humans transition into this realm. And eventually I'd like to also work in the death realm too and work as a death doula as well. I see that as a part of my path, just waiting for the right mentorship in terms of pursuing. I think we're all, we all are channels, right? It's like a television. We all, you know, we all have little channels on a television, but I think I help people attune themselves to their channel, like an instrument. So they can find their instrument in tune with their highest self and then be able to channel from that place and help them to manifest what it is that they're here to manifest into their lives. And to do that from also not just an elevated place, but a deeply grounded place, um, really mm. helping people to take sometimes the very esoteric and out there, you know, elements of our experience and root it in the earth and root it in the now and root it in their ancestral connection as well. And then also my biggest work here too, is just being a mother as, as you're a mother as well, you know, it's just, uh, my husband says that, you know, the greatest part of our legacy is our children. And so how are we weaving into them? And I think, you know, my, my mother in, in love, my husband's mother always reminds me that, you know, we're more than just mothers, but it is a huge part of my path here. And I'm honored for that. And I think, I feel like your last question was about how I use my intuition. To yeah. Kind of how does... And you, you spoke a little bit about being a channel, but what does being a channel mean to you? What does it look like to you? Yeah. For me, being a channel means 
being able to receive, being able to clear my vessel enough to receive the wisdom of that present moment, whether it's coming from spirit, angels, ancestors, um, even egos, whatever it is that where that information needs to be said and relayed to in that moment and being able to channel it. I'm very much a vocal channeler. I channel through my words. I'm a very, that's where I usually channel, but I think channeling can come in many different forms. It can come in movement. It can come through painting. It can come through music. It can come through really any, any, channeling I channel sometimes through my cooking as well right that's such a powerful way to channel oh my gosh I <laughs> want to try your channeled cooking that sounds magical <laughs> it, is, it is it's super magical and that's kind of where I see channeling come like what, what I think about when I think about channeling and there's a lot that goes into that though too because because we are constantly channeling and some of that's coming from a righteous place and a grounded place. And some of that's not coming from, that's coming from a wounded place and a hurt place. And so when I'm intentionally working with people, um, I need to make sure, like I said, that my vessel's really clear so that I'm on top of the things that keep my vessel clear. That means making sure that I have my altar set and, and in alignment with the moon cycles. That means that I'm moving my body, whether it's through yoga or through biking or through walking or it means that I'm resting and I'm napping or just letting my eyes shut it means that I'm taking social media breaks and not consuming everything that's coming through that channel which is a very powerful and an addicting channel of information and it also means that I'm eating well and surrounded by people who uplift me and can be reflections and channels for myself yeah I think that that all those different aspects that I just listed around food, movement, community, that makes up who I am at any given moment in time. But the consistent thread with who I am is a child of this universe and somebody who is of service and somebody who's constantly learning and healing, but also living. Cause I think sometimes in the work and the community that, that I'm, the communities that I'm in, we can get so caught up in the healing process mm. and we can just be aware of like wound after wound after wound. And then we're like, gotta heal this thing, gotta heal this thing. And it's like, we have to remember that at a certain point we have to live. We can't just constantly be healing. We have to be in the present moment and just be living that the healing that we've done and also just within all the complexities of the human experience besides just the healing process. I feel like you're yelling at me. (laughs) Not intentionally, of course, but it's interesting because I feel like as soon as I was born, and I think that this is something that I, it's a gift of mine is the constant moving forward, the constant healing, the constant I mean, especially in this life, I've realized that a big part, a giant part of my lesson to learn here is to heal past hurts or, you know, past lives, other lives, like, and even breaking generational cycles. And so I have like big work to do around healing here. And what you just said, like also live, 
I don't always know how to do that. And to be, so I hear that as be present also, not just like looking around every corner to see what's next to be addressed. Like what's next to be healed. What wound is, is waiting in the distance for me to address. It's like, also I've done a ton of fucking healing even, I mean, even just in the last six months. And it's like, there comes a point where you have to start enjoying the fruits of your labor. (laughs) Like life is pretty good because of all the healing that I've done. So I loved, I loved hearing that. And I'm like, yes. And how do you do that effectively? Yeah, I think, well, I just want to commend you because I think that that healing work that you are doing is very important. And I want to say that your existence is healing. Like you just being here on this planet Mm. earth is healing. You've also are a healed, healed, healing version of your ancestors. And, Mm. um, I think how we do that is, or how we be that, how we be present, how we be in this experience of healing and also being is, um, by finding a harmony with life, I used to think about ha- ha- finding a balance with life. And then I understood that kind of one of my sisters shared with me, you know, balance can be really tricky because it's like a scale that you're constantly trying to, and it's, mm-hmm. it's two-sided and finding a harmony is more like, you know, I'm, I, my husband's a musician. I love music. It's, it's finding that dance and that rhythm and that flow with the universe. And Mm. I feel like for me, that looks like sometimes having French fries and ice cream and sometimes eating all only really like nutrient dense food from my garden, you know, which I understand is, is also a huge privilege in being able to do that but not being so strict in any one area of my life. I also feel like creating certain routines and habits in your life allows you to find that harmony and flexibility in in the beingness. So it's like, I know that if I'm, if I go a certain amount of time where I'm just eating ice cream and French fries and I'm not working out and I'm not meditating, or I don't have an altar set up in my house somewhere, or I'm just resting and not, you know, and feeling really disconnected, then I'm probably going to spiral into a place that's not very good. And then I'm going to have to, I'm going to be down and then the heat, and then I'm going to have to do the healing work that kind of brings me back up. And then it's, it just spirals. But if I create a certain container for myself with a schedule that isn't too regimented, I've definitely been in a, I've had chapters in my life where I've been very regimented, like have to wake up at five in the morning, have to, you know, I lived in a monastery for a few months in my early twenties. And I was just used to living in that way. We'd wake up at four 30, we'd get down to the meditation hall by five. And it was, a. I feel like having that background really taught me how the importance of schedule and, and just discipline. But I, I love this one quote where it's like, have the discipline now so that when you lack the motivation, you still kind of have the systems in place to keep you going. And that's how it almost like becomes a habit. It's, 
it's easier. It's like when you're really, for me, it's like <laughs> what came to mind is like flossing. I floss every single night and sometimes I'm too tired, but I still, it's just, my muscles just start moving me toward the, floss. you know what I mean? It's like, you just start doing it. And I, I love the idea of like creating the structure so that it's just what you do when you're too tired or even like for me, I think of my morning routine, which is I wake up and lately I've been checking social, which I'm like, ah, not, but usually what I would do is I would wake up and play my morning routine playlist, which is like my, my angel music, like, and then I'll sit down and meditate and just get clear on, on my day. And when I think about the, the moments where I wake up and I, I went through this, I had a hard, like mother's day because it was my first mother's day as a single mom. And I, was like in bed feeling sad, crying, but I still would get up, sit down, do my meditation because that was like muscle memory. And of course it helped me with my experience, what I was dealing with emotionally, but it's like when we're energetically tapped out, emotionally tapped out, having what I'm hearing you say is having that structure is kind of like it's home base. Like it brings you back to center and not having not having the balance be too imbalanced in either way at any point, like not, not going into these extremes, which I, I tend to go in extremes. <laughs> like it's hard for me to be like, Oh, like this, this container. But I guess my question to you is for those who struggle with the extremes, like what could that look like? And then of course, yeah. What comes up for you? Yeah, lots coming up for me right now. I also tend to, me and my husband both tend to be extreme people in terms of like, we're either going, we're either, you know, working out twice a day and like eating super healthy or we're like smoking weed <laughs> every night and like, you know, having a hard time getting up in the morning. And so we're really in the process right now of like finding that harmony and finding that flow. And what I can suggest for folks and what really came through strong with this past Taurus new moon is like, is micro changes, small steps, not doing like the extremes comes when we like, we get really extreme and want to do something really big and want to make these really big shifts. And the small shifts are really what helps to create the consistent patterns and they don't get overwhelming. Like, for example, it's like, I haven't done yoga in a few days or stretched my body in a few days. And my body was really feeling it. And I was like, okay, you know, just show up on your mat and do 10 minutes. So much of the time, because, you know, in our society, yoga classes are an hour long. So we feel like we need to take an hour to really get a full stretch in. But I did 10 minutes and I felt way better than I did before. And it's like, okay, get that 10 minutes in. Or right now, one of my callings in life is to write a book. And it's just, I know that you're in the process of, you know, pretty far along in your writing process, which I'd love to talk to you about sometime. But the starting part is really hard for me. And so this new moon, I committed to myself and I was like, okay, I'm just going to write for 20 minutes every day, just 20 minutes. And I was like, I end up scrolling on Instagram for more than 20 minutes. (laughs) I can commit to 20 minutes every day. And like you said, starting to work that muscle. And I'm not going to lie. I'm on day three and day one and two was really, really hard. And I was feeling really stuck and I was feeling really overwhelmed and feeling like, well, where's the book going to begin? Well, what's this about? Well, what's the theme? And then I was just like, you just got to free write. 
you just got to let go. You got to like stop trying to figure out where this is going and just be with where it is right now. And so, yeah, the micro changes. I would love to be able to write for like four hours every day, but I don't like, I don't have that time. And also that's just not realistic really. So I think micro changes are really important. And I think for folks in the extremes, it's like finding something that you love about these things that you want to implement in your life. Because I think that helps us to be present too. And that helps us with just continuing to do the things that, that help us in our lives. Because why I believe in also eating French fries and ice cream is because I think there has to be an element of joy in the food that you eat. Like if you're eating healthy food, but it doesn't taste good to you, then is it really all that healthy for you? Because mm. you have to have that energetic element of feeling good when you're eating something. And I kind of apply that to everything because I think of everything as food, right? We're consuming everything. If I'm on social media and I'm receiving some amount of joy from this or inspiration from this, then I'm like, okay, I'm having, I'm right now I'm in a good relationship with my social media. I'm in a good relationship with my Instagram. If I'm scrolling and I'm feeling comparative or I'm feeling like this is causing me to like feel a little down and sad, or this is too much news for me and too many other people's opinions. And I'm like, this is, this is not, this is not feeding me in a good way. This is, this is a poison, right? I really, I really believe everything can either be a poison or a medicine. And I learned that from the plant world because, or, or like a, a medicine or a weed, because so many, so many of the things that I was taught were weeds in my life were actually medicines. Like out here in Philadelphia, mugwort grows crazy out here. And I remember working on a farm one time and they were like, oh, we need to pull all these weeds here. And I was like, what is this? And they were like, it's mugwort. And I was like, mugwort as a weed? Like, that's crazy. And I just would go and harvest all of it. And then I'd like come back home and make medicine from the mugwort or dandelions. Dandelions are a great example of something that is both kind of seen as a weed, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, dandelions, such a nuisance. And almost every part of the plant is so nutritious from the root to the leaves, um, to even the flower heads. And then of course, you know, dandelions are just the, essence of magicalness when you see you get blow into them and spread their seeds all over the place. I was on a walk with my daughter today and I picked a dandelion puff and was just looking at it. I was like, wow, this is so epically beautiful. And each one of these are seeds and each one of these are possibilities. And as I kind of like looked at it and blew into it, I just felt like I was blowing like all these possibilities for my life into the universe. And so I don't even remember the original. I'm like, it doesn't even, this is how we roll Shira. It's we, we very much on this podcast are we go where the universe leads us. And right now that dandelion analogy, what it I'm, I'm channeling now, it makes me think of the ways that we as humans treat decisions that we make throughout the day. So each decision that we make is a possibility and a possible path. Mm. I, I talk a lot in this podcast about the only moment that really exists is this present moment. Cause everything behind us is a collection of memories or thoughts mm. and everything before us, it's a collection of possibilities. So 
when I think about the dandelion, that's the present moment. And it's like all of these little ways, all of the possibilities and which, which ones of those seeds are going to germinate and which one am I going to choose? So as I think about the way that the way that I wake up, I just told you, like, I'm kind of on this weird space where I immediately check Instagram as soon as I wake up and that decision creates an entirely different path for me than if I were to actually wake up, start my morning playlist and just immediately sit down and meditate. Right. And, and that's just like a tiny, tiny example, but we treat these decisions as though they're not creating the entire path, not just for this day, but for the rest of our lives, right. These decisions. And I don't mean to be extremist about that, but if we consider treating our decision-making with the power that actually exists in every decision that we make and creating spaces where we're actually intentional about the decisions that we're making. And again, like some of those decisions are ice cream and French fries, because like, I fucking, I'm like, I love ice cream and French fries. Like that, that is seriously like the perfect day to me. And it's like, that's okay. It's, it's, it's not about just choosing the, it's about choosing joy. And what is it in this moment? That's going to bring me joy. What's going to bring me love. What's going to bring me just opportunity to slow down and be in this moment. And so that's what I saw. And we don't treat our decisions as if the consequences of them are dire, especially in this world where we're so a lot of folks are disconnected from their bodies. They're disconnected from their actual decision-making, but every single decision has a consequence. And we have so much power in the ways that we manifest the things we want to manifest. Like we ha- we put so much energy into the universe through our decision-making and yet we treat our decisions as these reflexes, like me picking up my phone and scrolling Instagram first thing. Right. And so it just felt really potent. And when I think of your form of activism, it's again, I'm coming back to one of the first things you said about the work that you do, which is getting people attuned to not just the universe and the, the spiritual aspect, but, but attuned to who they are be to be attuned to who they are as a soul walking this life and also attuned to what their purpose is. I see, I see you really helping people be purposeful. So can you tell us a little bit about, because that feels like activism in a world that is so unintentional in a world that we, I mean, the norm is literally to ignore your soul's impulses and work a nine to five that is soul sucking. So tell, can you tell us a little bit about your activism in this, in this work? Sure. Sure. Um, let me just take a moment to pause because there's a lot that you just said, and I'm definitely somebody who likes to just like flow and flow. And then I'm, as I'm thinking, as you're asking me the question of how do you help people to be more intentional? The first thing I thought of was to slow down and to come into tune with their breath and with their body. And so I was like, let me take a moment to do that. And if you're listening right now and you have a moment to just take a few breaths, if you're somewhere that you feel safe and comfortable to even close your eyes, I'd bring you into that 
space for a few moments. Just allowing yourself to take a few deep breaths. To feel your body. And just seeing if you've even asked your body today, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What do you need? And also what can you offer me? And just kind of listening for a moment. Maybe checking in with your heart and the sacred rhythm. And even as you're in this moment of stillness, just feeling the beautiful processes that are constantly going to keep you alive, your blood flowing, your heart beating, your breath moving. And even if your mind gets distracted, you just keep coming back to the breath and allowing the breath and the body to be this anchor. And so I think that that is kind of the most powerful gift that we all have, that ability to just take those moments and know that it's okay to take those moments. We are in such a go, go, go society that we don't even think that like, I could just stop right now in this moment and pause and take a few breaths. And in that pause, I can learn how to move more intentionally I can learn how to respond as opposed to react and allow myself to receive the messages from either my body or spirit or the earth or um, my heart and allow that to guide me forward. Because I think a lot of us are living in a very mind-based framework and we're so up in our heads, which there's so much going on in our heads, right? It's like, that's also some of it's conscious stuff that are going on and sometimes unconscious, right? If we spend the first 30 minutes of our day scrolling on Instagram, that's going to be a part of that unconscious that is going on in the mind. And so and then reattuning yourself with your body, which once again, micro changes, it doesn't have to be a 30 minute meditation. It could literally be a one minute pause in your day. And that can make a big difference moving forward. And I think just being able to something I used to do more in my life, and I'm going to call in now more again, is just taking that moment to pause and literally putting my hand on my heart when I don't know, or even when I think I do know, and being like, is this attuned with my heart? Am I really speaking from my heart? Am I really moving from my heart? Or am I moving from a different place that's not in alignment with my most authentic self? And I think that that's, that's how I, that's part of how I help folks and I think a lot of how I help folks too is like, I am a spiritual guide and I do believe in the connection to spirits and angels and guides and all of that good stuff. And I'm very much a grounded and I person and I like to give people tangible tasks 
to do and complete without overwhelming them. But in a, if you're going to get a session with me, which we've had a session before, oh yeah, you'll, re- you'll receive all of the good stuff from the ethers that you want to get. And also will receive like these, here's practices that you could implement in your life. Here's um, books that you could read. Here are essential oils you can use and just tangible things so that people know that they have tools to help them navigate this path. Because sometimes it can feel very overwhelming and it can, even when you're not alone, it can feel very lonely. And so I think that helping people realize that they have all the tools within them and it's great to have community and it's great to have mentorship and teachers and guides. And I give like so much homage to all of my teachers that I, all the, all that I'm sharing today and all the wisdom that I've received is all been passed down for me, either from physical teachers in this life or from ancestral teachers or spirit teachers. And so none of it is, is just my own. And I never claim that, but I think that my activism also is in, uh, just creating, like I said earlier, creating safe containers for people to explore themselves and to feel comfortable and to feel seen. I feel like a lot of my activism is just looking at somebody and allowing them to feel seen. And it's not even so much in the words that I say, but it's just like, wow. And I've never been even looked at like that before, you know? Mm. And I feel like when we're up in our minds so much, we're coming with so much judgment towards other people and and ourselves and ourselves. Right. And we're coming with so many past narratives and projections mm-hmm. and all of these different things. And when we can just slow down enough to just be in that present moment and meet somebody new and, and meet somebody new. And I don't even just mean meet a new person. I mean, meet somebody new for who they are in that new moment, right? Every day people are changing and growing. And I know that still with my relationships with people that I've known for very long, I still come with baggage of like what you did three years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I, but I'm really working to, to try and just meet people where they're at this moment in time today. Because I think the, my biggest teacher in that has been my mom. Mm-hmm. Who I've had was who was my biggest teacher in general. I feel like in the lessons of compassion, um, because I I've had a beautiful relationship with my mom, and also have had really difficult times with my mom throughout my life. And she has consistently shown me that y- that you can grow and change. She has like grown and changed so much throughout my twenty eight years of being on this planet, and has healed so much and continues to work on herself and um, continues to be so fully herself. And I'm constantly met with, can you, can you meet her how she is today without the pain that may have been caused years ago or whatever you're holding on to? Um, and, that, and that sounds like the ultimate practice of being present. Absolutely. Right? Because when it, don't you want to be treated like that? Don't you want to be treated like you've done, like you were saying, like I've done all this healing work and, and then you show up. It's like, I, I used to get this because I lived in California for 10 years before I moved back 
Philadelphia. And I was like out in California. I was one person. I was feeling like I was doing the healing work. I had my community. I had like all of the reflections of this, the magic and the light that I am. And then I'd come back home and just like all the demons would come out of the closet. And it's like, mm. um, I think it's Ram Dass who has this great quote that's like, think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your parents. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> And I'm just like, that was like kind of the quote I was living by, but for so long, it was like, always I would be out in California thinking I was like some enlightened being and just from home, <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because it, I think it speaks to, I'm just hearing like the shadow mm-hmm. and regardless of how long we spend in the light and, and healing and all of that, the shadows are and not to say that, like, <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like every time I get back with my family, the shadows just kind of yeah. pop out. But I think that having those long histories, there is the opportunity for shadows to, to arise amongst relationships we just had longer. Right. And it's, it's really interesting because I, it's just something that I've been wrestling with even I know you're kind of saying it as a joke, but it's, I think it's really important to acknowledge that in our healing journey, there's going to be this flow of moving between like the parts that we've healed and the parts that we feel really empowered around and kind of dipping down into the shadows. We talked about this in our, in a previous podcast episode with uh, Marielle that I just recorded, but the importance of going down into the shadows and also being willing to, to be there. Because what I hear you saying is being able to navigate your shadows with your mom has also taught you healing and compassion and being willing to, to sit there together and say, Hey, we both have unhealed parts of ourselves. And it's important to me as Shira to, to navigate this together. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even a, a conscious dialogue of us having that, like, of like oh, is it ever like, <laughs> or like in the actions that we take, right. It's like, and both of us, I've seen that both. And, you know, my mom's not from this country. She, uh, has a different language than I do. So it's like, when I talk to you, we're speaking in a, you know, and, different communities you're in, you have different languages with them. So it's like, sometimes the language of healing might not fully translate to her, but I see it in her actions and the way that she's living her life and choosing to live. And then I see it in my daughter, right? Like that's the magic is like, when you're doing the healing work on yourself, you can see it because time is not linear, right? You can see it go backwards and forwards. You can see it Mm. affecting your children and you can see it affecting your parents. And that is magical for me. It's like a ripple effect of like, wow, this is really beyond myself and mm-hmm. um, very connected to my cells, you know, my cellular makeup. And to see my daughter, and I have this one poem that I wrote one time just about my, to about answered prayers and to have my daughter and mother laughing together is literally like just one of the, just like the essence of ancestral joy in it's medicine it really is and um and now you know both of us seeing my daughter and seeing her light and experiencing her makes us realize how much healing we've had to do to bring this kind of being into 
the world. And that's, that's very, very powerful. And, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm really honored to walk this path. And I wanted to say something about the dipping, the rise and the dipping and everything that you're saying is like, that's what it means to be alive, right? It's like when you're in the hospital, right? And somebody's on their, somebody has passed, there's a line, just a straight line that's on the machine. But when somebody's alive, it has the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs. Yes. And I truly believe that that's kind of like what it is to be alive. It's like, we don't have to go so high and so low, Mm. right? I think that's where where we have to find the flow and kind of see it more like an ocean wave as opposed to just like such high peaks and such low valleys. And I think that when you're at the high peaks and low valleys, those are important parts to be in because they're teachers. But I think finding the flow, it allows you to live a more harmonious life. And I think about, you know, shadow work, my, my one friend, he would always talk about like, learning to dance with your shadows and Mm. his framework on things was, and he, he was very big in shadow work. Um, His framework on things was like, what if it was all just for fun? Like, what if you could really look at this and be like, what if it was all just for fun? Like, why are you taking it so seriously? I feel like that's a form of activism in and of itself is like (laughs) seeing it as fun. Now he, he, he's currently in, um, in a comatose state, but he was, a oh my gosh, he was a big activist and he did a lot in the movement for black lives. He did a lot in the movement for indigenous lives. And, and he's a, he was, he's a water protector and just an incredible being, but his form of activism really was through joy and through unity and through bringing people together through music and through song and through dance and through light in the darkness not ignoring the darkness but being that light in in the darkness and so um he he definitely taught me a lot about about that because i think sometimes as activists we can get very serious and we can get very burnt out or just overwhelmed by just the violence and oppression that's in this world which is very heavy and very dark and a lot of us who are activists are also empaths. So we feel it on a very different level. And then it's important to be able to um, realize that our activism has to be embodied. And what I mean by that is like, if we wanna be more liberated, we wanna have a more liberated society, then our actions need to be liberating actions. Yes. Like if we want to abolish the police, then we need to not we need to work on not policing ourselves or the people in our lives as well as fighting the systems of the bigger systems of the police system and the incarceration system, but also learning that these systems have been so deeply programmed into us that we are, we can be perpetuating them in our day to day in ourselves and people we love. And so I think that's part of my activism too, is helping people remember Imagination is a huge part of my activism. I learned a lot about imagination through Adrienne Marie Brown and her work in emergent strategy and how she talks about how, you know, the world that we have today was imagined by some somebody in some way. So what is the world that we're imagining, that we're imagining, the changed world that we're imagining to be as well. And so I help people to see and remember that 
to activate that imagination, activate that youthfulness inside of themselves. And then also imagine what are the steps you're gonna take today to be in that world. And then have them put action behind those steps and commitments behind those steps. And then also be that source of accountability for them to continue on, right? It's like, you know, there's vision, then there's action, then there's habits, and then the habits become our karma, right? And so it's kind of creating creating that, that flow in our lives. And so that can go many different ways, right? It's like, if we go back to the example of scrolling on Instagram for 30 minutes, because I also am guilty of that. And I feel like many people are kind of in that cycle, trapped in that cycle. It's like- Especially as we're like in this part of the pandemic and there's that- article around languishing, like we're, we are just so fucking depleted and we're hanging on by a thread. So scrolling on Instagram is easy. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's harmful, like to the ways that I'm like entering my day, it's like, it's still easy. It becomes the action. And then the habit becomes every morning I'm doing that. Exactly. And, and then that becomes the, like, the the karma which then allows you to live a life that maybe isn't totally in alignment with what you want to feel or be and i what i love about that is it's very consistent with some guidance that i've received from the universe around hope so what i hear you saying is the imagination is the vision is the hope it's like the big audacious like this is like a huge thing you know if we continue with like abolish the police, it's like, okay, we can think of this really beautiful vision for what that could look like to actually have a system that's restorative and generative versus punitive and have that be the vision that we see way out there. But it's not about having the entire plan to that vision. It's about what am I doing today? What is, what is one tiny thing I'm going to do today? What is the one stone that's lighting up on my path? And all the rest of that, you surrender to the universe. And, and it's, and I'm saying this as if it's like, woo, mind blowing. Because for me, I have been the person who everybody looked to, to have the the whole freaking plan Mm -hmm. planned out from, from here to, to that vision. And it's just so futile to, to think that, well, it's arrogant to think that we have a better, we have a better plan in our heads, in our egos than the universe would have for the way that this would all unfold. The universe only shows us one stone lit up at a time. Mm. And so surrendering to that flow and allowing our actions to your point, to become habits, to become karma is about paying attention again, bringing us back to this moment. What's in this moment for me to do. Yeah, I feel like you kind of answered the question that I have, but also it's like what I see like my clients grapple with or folks when I say the word surrender or let go, it's like how do you cultivate that practice of surrendering and letting go and trust when so many of us have very like crippling anxiety and fear and and I know it's kind of like a loop cycle, like it's kind of like that feeds Absolutely. Like, you know, but what would you, what would you suggest? I know now yeah. I'm asking you the question. Oh, I love being interviewed. Um, <laughs> well, what would you suggest for people in that process of like, like yeah. it's taking the micro change, making that small step, but then the surrender, that's the big, that's really the big action or the big step you have to take in it. 
as, as someone with a history of childhood trauma who has struggled with anxiety her entire life, what I have come to realize in the last six months that I've really had around healing my anxiety is leaning into it. And I think that we as a culture are so quick to, and I am medicated, but I'm coming off of meds, but we're so quick to just try to keep ourselves separate from our anxiety and say, okay, I see you over there and I see the fear and I see all of that, but I'm just going to throw a bunch of pills at you, or I'm going to like go for a run instead. Like we are so quick to try to avoid the fear and the anxiety and to compartmentalize it. And so what I hear in that is before we can even begin to take that next lit up stone, like take the step for that, we have to really begin to grapple with where is this fear originating and what does it have to teach me? And so when I think of my own anxiety and I, and I get anxiety attacks and like, and begin to spiral, I breathe and become really, really curious because that anxiety, if we, if we think about that as like a really like charged up hedgehog, like I imagine myself sitting on like, I don't know why, but like a porch, like in a, like in a rocking chair. And there's this like really pissed off hedgehog with its hair standing up. And, and I just like get down to its level and I just observe it. And I just begin to like create space for it to come to me and to, to come and sit on my lap. And how can I have compassion for that anxiety? How can I have compassion for that fear in order to be able to have the space to understand that there is a stone lit up here, but I can't even access that stone until I stop and understand what is this anxiety here to teach me? And I can't do that unless I sit with it and see what the message is. Because our fears and our anxiety don't just come out of nowhere, right? They're always rooted in something. And I think that we as a culture think, oh, well, I just have anxiety and we kind of blow it off. And it's like, but that anxiety stems from something. And to be able and willing to actually sit with, again, like we keep coming back to the shadow. Cause I think of anxiety as like a shadow uh, emotion because it's, it's something that I tend to try to like push away. But if we actually were to get present and be willing to treat our anxiety with the same compassion that we would a frightened animal or a friend who is also spiraling in the same way, how would that change our experience? How would that change our present moment? So we can't, we can't abolish the police until we begin to look inward at the ways that we are not being kind to the parts of ourselves that we don't love and appreciate. I heard you use the word compassion a few times, and I just love that word so much. I, I, I love etymology of words. And if we break down the word compassion, come, C-O-M, comes from the root um, together, like community or communication. And the word passion comes from the root pati, which means to suffer. And so compassion actually means to suffer together. And mm -hmm. I think that's really beautiful, not in like, let's all have a pity party together, but more so like, when I think about that, it's like, I think about turning to my anxiety or turning to a friend who's 
in pain and being like, I'm going to hold you here and I'm not afraid of your pain. I'm going to hold exactly. you and I'm going to create a safe, I'm going to be part of the safe container for you to feel into this as opposed to run away from it. And I feel like that takes a lot of courage. And I also really love the word courage because courage, core, courage, I believe like, it means like from the heart. And so it's like mm. bravery from the heart. And I love that. And I feel like courage and compassion go so much hand in hand. Compassion. Oh, yes. To be compassionate, you have to tap into your heart. It's not a mind-based thing. It's not something you can think of and uh, rationalize. It's a, it's a feeling. It's, a, it's an emotion. It's uh, the radical intelligence of your, of your heart. So. Yeah. And your body, like you can feel courage and how, and when it shows up in your body and again, like even anxiety and courage, you know, they coexist all the time. Fear is the root of why courage is required. Gosh, I, I love you so much, Shira. And just all of the wisdom, you are such a powerful channel and I'm just grateful for not just your wisdom that you're sharing with us today, but the way that you embody all of the lessons that, that are needed with like healing our healing, our collective and not just our human collective, but plants and animals. I mean, you're such a bringer of wisdom and channeled magic. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. And so I just, thank you for being here and for just living life the way you do in such purity. Thank you so much. Thank you for seeing me. This conversation is so invigorating for me and recharging. And it's just, for me, I am somebody who feels affirmation through reflection and through conversation and And so just to be in conversation with you and to have you as a reflection reminds me of who I am. And so Mm. thank you for, for creating this space and this safe container for me to explore some really beautiful questions about what it means to be alive and Mm. um, how to live life in a rooted and purposeful way. So thank you for, for creating that container for me and for so many other people who I've been on this podcast or who are listening to this podcast and for also creating this uh, time capsule in a sense, right? It's like these words that we're speaking, whether it's me today or other people you featured are, are very time. They speak of the time that we're in, but they're also very timeless. And these lessons mm. uh, and these nuggets that I've received from your podcast can be applied in many different contexts and contexts in many different ways. And so um, I'm just super inspired by everything that you're doing. Uh, Love that you have become a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, a client of mine, like (laughs) all the things (laughs) that those can all coexist, right? It's amazing. Absolutely. You know, when you wanted to come to me for a session, I was I was almost surprised because I was like, Leilani, like she's such a powerful channel and, you know, mm. like not doubting myself, but just being like, wow, that's like, I wouldn't have expected that necessarily. Um, and it just reminded me that like, we're all, 
a lot of us who are really powerful channels are going to go need to go to other powerful channels. Um, I need myself some Shira in my life. Yes. And, and that's part of the community piece and just caring for each other because we are such powerful healers and giving so much to others. It's like, you know, I need Shira to fill me up every now and then. So really quick question. And I ask all of my podcast guests this, what is your bumper sticker? What is like, Oh my gosh. Your word. I know you have so many probably, but what is your quick nugget of wisdom that you would paste all over everybody's car? <laughs> That's a hard question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, I'm putting on the, being put on the spot to think of right now. <laughs> um, it's not super corny. <laughs> it can be corny. It can be corny. It can be silly. It can, it can be a sentence. That's okay too. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to pull from what I said earlier and just what if it was all just for fun Mm. and just reminding people that life is also supposed to be joyful and spontaneous and fun. And even when it, the going gets rough, we can still find some kind of fun in it. And I'm also thinking of your friend who's comatose right now and I feel like his consciousness is reaching out right now to, to say that, like, I think that we're channeling him a little bit right now because that's his legacy here. Absolutely. I feel like I'm always, he was a very, very close friend of mine. We've known each other since we were 11 years old and yeah, just, you know, I, I hope that his legacy can definitely live on through, through my words, but also always through my embodiments too. So I'm grateful that you had mentioned him as well. Yeah, of course. And of course, sending so much love. He is definitely always with you. And there's not even a question about your ability to channel his wisdom and his legacy in this life. So, oh, Shira, tell, well, now, gosh, I'm like, how, tell us how we can get a hold of you. I, there were, going to be so many people that want to spend time with you. So tell us about your, all the ways, the website, the handles. Sure. So my website is www.shiradanielle.com, which I'm sure you can find in the, the scroll in the show notes. Yes. (laughs) And uh, my Instagram handle is underscore Shira underscore Danielle underscore. And a great way is through Instagram or my email, shiradaniellehealing at gmail.com. And I do one-on-one sessions with folks. I do Oracle card readings, which are a great way of tapping into that imagination, um, receiving messages through colors, through images, through words, as well as getting tangible steps uh, that can help you on your path. I also do holistic life coaching, um, which I ask the difficult but necessary questions to get you further on your path and we come up with a plan to hold you accountable to those things in your transformation and growth and I also do group programming I have a upcoming program called embodied empowerment which is a six-week holistic coaching program with folks from all over the country and also some folks international as well uh, where we start to understand the toxic ways that we were taught about power in our society and then relearn and reframe that through our relationships to the elements, earth, water, fire, and air and spirit. So it's a really Mm. beautiful experience. 
and I hope to connect with whoever's listening. It would just be great to hear from you if you listen to this podcast and you loved something or you disagreed with something. It would be so great yes. if you reached out and um, we could continue the conversation. And I, as Shira mentioned, I am a client of hers and her work, and it is incredible. You are such a powerful channel and you are so tapped in. You are so tapped into the spiritual. And this is, I know we're, we're ending eventually, but, but I think that this is, you know, the fact that you're so tied into the earth and you're so tied into the spiritual, the, the unseen, it's just, it's beautiful. And the work you're doing, it's just so important. And thank you for being here. Thank you you for choosing the work. Thank you for saying yes. Every day we, we need you. Thank you so much. I feel, I feel very seen and very appreciated and, uh, and I'm excited to be this being in this incarnation in this life it's a it's I didn't always I didn't always love this this body this realm and I'm learning to to love it and find the uh, beauty in it in each moment so thank you for creating this this portal this past hour or so that we've been (laughs) time is meaningless there who knows how long it's been but thank you so much Shira and yes we'll talk soon Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Leilani. Thank you. Oh, friends, thank you so much for being here today, for witnessing this divine conversation with Shira, Danielle. There were so many gems, so many gems in this conversation. And what is really staying with me in this moment is Shira's ability to challenge us all to be present, not just with our healing, but with all of the moments in between, right? So being able to sit in a space of joy in between the lessons and to wake up and make choices every single day to honor ourselves and our spirit and just to be present. I think that I tend to, and I mentioned this in the episode, I tend to want to go really quickly and go from healing to healing experience to spiritual experience to all of the things. And I think that as I'm reflecting on this episode with Shira, there's just so much power in the slowing down and the taking a breath and really acknowledging our feelings that come up along the way and honoring each and every one of them as they do. And so I am just so grateful for Shira and her beautiful work that she does in this world, but also for her sharing her wisdom with us here today. If you'd like to connect with Shira, which I highly recommend that you do, you can find all of her information in the show notes. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at www.shamanleilani.com or on all of the socials at shamanleilani. But for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. Thank you so much for being here today. We'll talk with you soon. Mm-hmm.